Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. And if you're new here, I'm so grateful and happy that you found the show. I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women. And my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about diving into the root core issues that might keep us from living in that highest vibration, learning how to alchemize that, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be a human being. Today we are joined by the radiant Rita Grace. We're talking about kundalini activations, yoga, reparenting, feminine embodiment, mushroom medicine, you know the vibes. Rita is a mindset coach and the founder of Sacred Womb Collective and Rewild Yoga. She's passionate about helping women live healthy, balanced, and sustainable lives and works with groups to achieve their wellness goals. Rita has been practicing yoga for over a decade and has a unique approach to yoga and wellness, which incorporates mindfulness, self-awareness, and connection to nature. She's inspired and empowered countless people to take charge of their health and well-being, and she's just amazing. So as you're listening, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what your biggest takeaways are. Rita is at Rita.Grace. I'm at Helen Denham underscore, and I'm sending you so much love. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you. Enjoy the episode. I'll talk to you on the flip side. First question I'd love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? I do. Really for me is avoiding the phone right away. I find that no matter what, I, I allow myself to flow, right? Like every day is going to be different. I find structure to be super valuable and like very important. And also I know I'm not going to wake up feeling the exact same way every day, right? So to to stick to something um, with like such rigid rigidity doesn't work for me. So, um, I just always avoid the phone. That's like number one. Um, I do my best to always meditate in the morning. I also find like allowing myself to, uh, check in when I need that throughout the day is important too. Right. So like sometimes the 2 PM, crash that hits when you're an entrepreneur, like sometimes that's when I need to meditate. Right. So avoiding the phone meditation, some form of like mindfulness journaling is number one. And then I'm always, always pulling a tarot card because that for me is like, um, you know, just like asking the universe or my ancestors, whoever is out there, whoever I feel like calling on, like what wisdom I need to go into the day with has been super valuable for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Okay. The phone. Yeah. Yes. I'm so with you. Do you have any strategies for not doing that? Like, do you leave your phone outside of the room or how do you avoid touching it? Yeah. So I bought, uh, like a different alarm system. Like I have mm-hmm. like a little thing that it's called a hatch. And so that's what like wakes me up. So I don't even have to like look at the phone that way. I'm just like, okay, it can wait, whatever it is. And Yeah. That's a great idea. I think I need to copy you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then what does your meditation practice usually look like? Does it change? What What's your kind of go-to practice look like? I prefer guided. You know, I think I, I am one of my gifts is guiding visualization meditation. So I know how powerful they can be. And I think a lot of times people put a lot of pressure on themselves to have to take themselves inward on their own. Right. And it's like, that's what these like practices and modalities are there for like the different breathing techniques or visualization or whatever it is that can like guide you deeper into that space. And I think even as people who uh, lead those types of things or who are from that space, sometimes we're like, Oh, we should know how to do this perfectly. Right. Or like, I know this, so I should be able to put it into practice. And Um, I've really done my best, like as a spiritual entrepreneur, if you will, to like release that and say like, no, these practices and and these like forms of support are there for a reason. That's why you do (laughs) that, you know? So, um, so yeah, I've, I've allowed myself to, to call on that and to like use whether it's an app, sometimes apps are, are really, really useful or just like following my breath just to like, take me to a deeper space. Um, psilocybin is also something that I have like created a really beautiful relationship with. 
Um, so I use that often just kind of like as a little like ceremonial date with myself when I feel like I need to kind of go a little deeper. So yeah, I kind of tap into a few different things. Oh, this is great. I love that you're touching on that too, because I'm right there with you. I feel I'm also a meditation teacher, but it's so nice Mm -hmm. to have someone else give you a focal point to like guide you down and bring you like different, a different lens, you know, that you can use for your practice. Um, I love that you're mentioning psilocybin too. I've gone on waves of that journey. Where are you now and how has it helped you grow? So I had a really, really powerful experience on my 31st birthday. I'm 33. So it was, yeah, like almost two years ago now. Um, And a very close friend of mine went to like the mountains of Peru (laughs) to study under a shaman uh, in terms of the plant ayahuasca. Uh, And prior to that, she had been leading psilocybin ceremonies. And so she was someone I felt extremely safe with, very comfortable with. And uh, her and I had like a little birthday ceremony that she guided me through. And I did right around three grams at that time, um, which is was significant for me, right? I think five grams is what they consider a hero dose. Uh, and this, this was kind of like reflective of a hero dose for, for me and like my body and, and all that stuff. And it was, uh, I mean, how do you even put into words an experience like that? Anyone who has had one knows that it's very difficult to like find language for it. Mm-hmm. It changed my perception of like my 3D physical self and um, what I consider to be my spirit or my soul. So I just basically wiped out any defini- definition I thought I had of both of those things and rewrote it and and almost didn't even rewrite it like there was nothing to put in those places right they just are Mm uh and so I know that may not even make sense but um just really like allowing myself to see myself as a, a very like beautiful cosmic being right like we are of a different time and space, if you will, like I am of the belief that we are existing in our our human form here to have a human experience and uh, that our spirit is from somewhere else, which is so hippy dippy. And like, as I hear myself say these things, I'm like, Oh, girl, you've really gone there. (laughs) But Um, you're in the perfect place to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I mean, it is it is comfort for me, right? So like, it has allowed me to not be so attached to my physical being and to my like human emotions and to uh, witness them from a place of like a higher self, which is like, so freeing, when you can get there. So ever since that really big experience, I've just incorporated microdosing into my practice. I kind of do like three days on, three days off. I'll do that every now and then. And then also, like I said earlier, I just have like a very like ceremonial ritual that I do with myself, like Friday nights, I'll put a couple, you know, a little bit in the tea and have my journal and just like wait for the show to start. <laughs> and that has been like a really, really powerful practice for me. It's, it's honestly my own form of therapy I have found. So it's, it's really beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like what you're describing is kind of like peeling back the veil, you know, that we know what's on the other side, but we can't totally feel it. And mushrooms really allow us to experience it from an organic place. And I just remember the first time I tripped, basically, it was a spiritual awakening in so many ways, because it, Mm -hmm. it stays with you for life. Like once you see, you can't go back because it's in your DNA. Have you exactly. seen um, Fantastic Fungi, that documentary? I have, yes. Yeah, that so hit a nerve. Yeah, it's so powerful because sure. it does feel like an ancestral connection to earth when you exactly. take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, and I mean, that. yes, you said it so beautifully. And to that point as well, I think it really helped me connect with Mother Nature even deeper, right? Like when we think about it from an ancestral perspective, our ancestors no matter really where you came from, survived off of mother nature and mother nature alone, right? She provided everything that we needed. And I still find that she provides everything that we need, right? Like, you you know, is it beautiful and incredible that you and I can connect through this screen across the country? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think that that mother nature as uh, a a whole provider is a bit of a lost art. Um, 
And so, yes, to your point, like watching a documentary like that and experiencing it in your DNA and realizing like, oh, this is coming from the earth. Like this experience is actually just created naturally and and made for us to have is really fucking powerful, right? Like that's really, yeah. really powerful. It's amazing. And it makes you, I wonder if you had this experience too. I just kept looking at my skin. Like I am an animal, like I'm an yes. animal being mm -hmm. like all of this ego kind of, you know, ego, whatever you want to call it was just like stripped back into being exactly yeah. like you said, having a physical experience, very much like clear, not just yes. saying it was felt. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said. And I, I say it all the time. You can't unknow what you know. Right. And when you experience something like that, I mean, the body keeps score. We know that. So it's like the body knows and it will exist from only that place going forward, which can be a beautiful thing and also really difficult. I mean, I know for me after that big experience, I, it was really hard for me to like exist in the world after that. I'm like, wait, now I'm supposed to go to my nine to five and I'm <laughs> supposed to like, like, you know, it's just, it, I felt so disconnected from like this world, like the 3D world. And, uh, and while it took me a second to like navigate how to get back into that, I think what I really gained was like, okay, you are here in, in, in this time and space for a reason, right? And so you have to utilize this like vessel, which is our physical body in order to do your life's work or your, or, or you know, fulfill your purpose, whatever that is for, for anyone. It's like, when we can see that and see the separation of like, we are not just our thoughts, our physical body, we're not any of those things. Um, and we have the beautiful gift of being able to use it to do whatever we want to do here. That was like, that was one of the things like, okay, I can't unknow that now, right? It's like, I, I have to like, use that information and weave it into everything that I do going forward. Mm hmm. Okay. Final question about the mushrooms. Have yes. you, so what, with your microdosing practice, what does that look like for you? Like, how do you, how do you know much, how much to take? And like, what, what's the experience of microdosing? Cause I've not really microdosed. I've only done like full experience or not full experiences. Yeah. So yeah. my friend, the one who guided me through the ceremony, um, Sabrielle, she's just like a beautiful soul. Um, she left me with capsules and so they were kind of like measured out. I, I have to be honest, I have no idea like what the, what the measuring is, but I've kind of played with them and realized what works for me. So I'll take one capsule when I want to microdose and then I'll put two or three of them and just break them and put them in a tea when I want like a little bit of a deeper dive. So mm -hmm. I think the recommendation is to like, obviously be getting it from a safe space, right? Like there's a lot of, I mean, with anything like this, that people are now kind of considering it like recreational, which there's a piece of me that thinks that's a bit dangerous. And then there's a piece of me that's like, okay, look, this is the medicine and it's going to give the experience that the person is supposed to have no matter what. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, um, I do think people need to be super mindful about like set and setting and who you're with. Right. Yeah. It's like, that is something that is huge when you have any sort of journey like that is, is what is the energy around you like already? Um, mm -hmm. so being mindful of that. And then, yeah, I mean, back to your original question, just like kind of navigating, uh, what works with your body. It's like anything else, right? Like some people can have seven cups of coffee. I can have half and I'm like, <laughs> I don't need any more caffeine. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to like tune into yourself and, and know that like body awareness within you, uh, to really know where, how far you should or shouldn't go with it. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm excited to kind of dive into this. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes people know their limits when they hit it, I guess. So it's like, you kind of, Absolutely. you have to feel it out, like what's going to work for you. So I appreciate that. I love these conversations. Yeah. I, I love to explore the plant medicine world, yeah. and all of this. Yeah. Um, so take us on a little walk through your journey to where you are now, like to whatever point feels authentic and right for you. But how did you get to this point of being a coach, a guide for women, you know, teaching embodiment, all of this, how'd you get here? That is such a great question. Um, I mean, I just followed my inner wisdom, right? My intuition. I think it was always sort of a little flame within me. Uh, and it will, it, it began to tug at me a little harder as I got older, right? As I kind of like evolved and was trying to find myself and figure things out. 
Um, and then it just got to a point where I couldn't really ignore it anymore. So then it was like, okay, there's something that I need to explore here. There's more that I need to experience. Like anyone's spiritual awakening, awakening, it feels like really lonely in the beginning, right? Because you feel disconnected from the things that once felt like home. Um, and for me, that was my friend group and partying and going out and drinking and doing all of those things that um, I had just been doing for years, just because that's what you do. That's what I, the world that I was in. Uh, and it started to feel really inauthentic to me. And so I just started to explore yoga as like a just a physical body practice. I just like needed something to do outside of myself uh, that would take me outside of the world that I was in. Right. And so I just started practicing yoga. And within, I think, like not even three months, I was like, I want to do a teacher training. Even though I hadn't even really like developed my own practice yet. I mean, it, but that is the beautiful thing about yoga is like to learn it deeper, you just have to do it. Right. And so I decided to, yeah, jump into a yoga teacher training. Um, and I did one in at a college. So it was like a community college. And it was really, really beautiful and really powerful. And it also was a little educational heavy right it, because it was at a college it focused a lot on the asana and the movement and the anatomy and all the like really beautiful aspects that as a yoga teacher you have to have uh I was seeking the spiritual that's like really what I was and so that slowly like led me to it and I ended up at the time it was 20 oh god 2018 2018 and I, 2018 or 2019, and I was, my mom had started a business uh, many, like earlier on in 2015. And she had got married and fell in love and moved up here to Sonoma. And she was like, I don't want the business anymore. So if you want it, you can have it. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, anyone would think that this would be like a beautiful opportunity, right? Like so ideal, so incredible. I got to make my own schedule. It wasn't aligned with really anything that I wanted to do with my life. So um, I just kind of said, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this. I'm packing up my life and I'm going to Costa Rica. And I did my second yoga teacher training where I was in the jungle for like 20 plus days, no phone, no TV, no outside world, just yoga eight hours a day and like incredible intimacy exercises and self-transformation and amazing food made from a permaculture farm. It was just like a completely different experience than I had ever had in my whole life. Right. And that was really when I was like, okay, I'm home now, you know, like this is home. This is like where my spirit has always wanted to be. And just like we were talking about earlier, you can't unknow what you know. And so I couldn't, I couldn't leave that and I couldn't step away from that knowing how authentic that felt. And it was really the first time in my life that I ever had created female friendships, true female friendships with love without any of the conditioning that we as women experience, right? It was like, we were all thrown into this experience together and our hearts were like cracked the hell open because we were all experiencing such transformation and we were really able to just like see each other and like mirror each other back to one another and that was something I'd never experienced before um and so that started to really unlock a lot of things in me and the power of women and like being able to see what can happen when we come together that was probably the first time I'd really experienced that I mean, some of the most difficult heartbreaks I've ever had in my life were, were my female friendships ending, right? It was like, those cut even deeper than some of my romantic relationships. And so uh, really like seeing the sacredness of women when we come together in that space was starting to, to unlock everything for me. So um, after that, I had decided to start my yoga business. I was doing uh, women's circles on a smaller scale and then COVID hit. And so everything kind of changed. And um, I ended up working for a fitness brand that two of my closest friends had started. And I did that for two years when I was in LA. 
And then I felt the tug again of like, okay, this is beautiful. And this isn't where you're meant to be, right? You know where you're meant to be. You know where you thrive. You know, you know that you, you can un, cannot unknow that. Let's talk about confidence. Are you finally ready to activate and embody your highest self? Are you ready to let go of those self-limiting beliefs and step into the woman you've always known you could be? If this feels like a yes in your spirit, apply for my confidence mentorship series. This is a private one-on-one experience with me for 16 weeks. This is for you if you are ready to fall in love with yourself, feel confident in who you are, trust your decisions, have a clear vision on where you're going, reconnect with spirit, release the past, regulate your nervous system, and overcome your doubts, fears, and anxieties. This is really about activating and stepping into a life that feels more like heaven on earth and promoting that holistic well-being. It's all rooted in confidence. It's all rooted in that self-love. So I can't wait to connect with you. You can find the link to apply in the description below. I'm so grateful that you're here and back to the episode. And so I started my company now, Sacred Womb, where we do um, women's retreats and gatherings and workshops and events. And we really focus on creating an individual healing experience and a collective healing experience um, together, because that is a huge component of healing is recognizing that you don't have to do it alone, which is exactly how you and I started the conversation, right? Seeing your experience and your pain and your journey mirrored back to you in another woman is really, really powerful. And it can change the trajectory of how you view yourself and your entire life, honestly. I mean, that's what it has done for me and for so many women that have experienced circles and just that connection with each other. So very long answer mm-hmm. to how I got here, but I find, you know, it, it's all, um, it's all relevant in that it, I think that when you really take the time to recognize that that call has probably always been within you, it's just a matter of listening to it. Right. And I think something that took me so many years to get to that I'm really proud of now is it's one thing to hear your intuition. It's another to have the bravery to, to act on it. And I have really been able and proud of myself that I've been able to be brave, right? To like actually do something about it. And it's something that that's why I, I, I've created this space is like to allow women to see the bravery and feel the bravery and then take it and go do it in their own lives. So yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. I love hearing about your journey, especially through yoga. It was it was really making my heart swell to hear you talk about women coming together and I think because in our society, we are really the the ones that are being sold to and commoditized and the ones that are Absolutely. being pushed towards separation and comparison. So it's like a radical act to come back together in circle and extremely powerful. Yes. So I feel that so deeply. And I'd love to know, you know, you were mentioning getting into yoga to tap into the spiritual part of it. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, they equate it with maybe just the physical part, but don't quite yes. understand the unlocking that can happen. Um, so right. what was it like for you? to deepen your spiritual experience through yoga? Yeah, that's actually really such a, a, like a beautiful question in terms of my own journey, because what I very quickly realized about yoga was I loved the movement. I loved the asana, the posture, the, the, you know, physical layer of it. And it was the lifestyle of yoga, the living of yoga that I took to the most. And that is really where I felt like, okay, this is how I want to live my life, right? Like yoga has all these incredible teachings in how you should live and be and exist in this world. And understanding that and looking at all these practices that really kind of make you go inward for me, like Kundalini was one of those really interesting experiences that unlocked a lot for me. And it is uh, a direct reflection of, of what we do now, which is really focusing on the chakra system, right? So these energy wheels within our body that carry both light and, 
and dark dynamics, right? So it's like when one is, when certain things are blocked and when certain things are overactive, it causes different behaviors and thought patterns and ways of being in us. And when we're able to sort of move through that system and clear out some of those energies, that's when we really live in balance and harmony. And um, that was where I just was like, oh, this is incredible, right? Like, why is it, why didn't I learn, I learned, I learned geometry over this shit, you know, like it was like, how is this something that isn't taught and, and known? Right. And so, um, yeah, really allowing myself to, to learn the practices of yoga from an emotional and, and, and also mental perspective instead of just physical was really a a powerful piece in my journey. Yeah, I remember reading, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that yoga, it has in ancient wisdom has been instilled to prepare you to meditate for long periods of time. So that was like, wow, okay, I need to take this more seriously, because I'm I'm like, kind of like on baby steps to getting into yoga more and more. But like, Mm -hmm. to hold a pose like that's painful for a while is total mental training. And then I was just thinking like the body, I don't know if you've read the body keeps the score. Um, No, I haven't yet. I don't know if I'd recommend it to be honest. I mean, okay. I'm thinking about that and we all, you know, refer to it so much as the body, you know, holds, keeps the score. Yes. But I think yoga is a much better way to fully understand that because the body keeps the score. The book is so much about trauma, but it doesn't mm. tell exactly it's more stories of trauma and not a lot of like actionable tools for moving through the trauma. I was reading it and I was like, this is interesting that they're not really talking about the spiritual part of unleashing it, which you feel Mm -hmm. like in a hip opener or something. It's very clear that you're holding it there. So um, I guess that leads into my next question for you about why, or maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but you're focusing on the womb and like women and Mm -hmm. healing the, the womb center. What called you to that directly? I think it was my own, not, not, I think it, it it was my own experience with my disconnection to my own will, right? Like going through most of my twenties and from the moment that I lost my virginity and having no real respect or honor or understanding of the power of that place. Um, and wanting to understand how to channel the energy that lives there right like that like women are fucking powerful and like when we can step into that and own that and understand that and be like okay this is like what I was given from a an energetic perspective you know like just like the divinity that we are is something that is is silenced now. And there is so much effort in silencing that power. And so feeling that in my own experience and seeing how I was so disconnected from my own divinity with whether it's conditioning or like you said, consumerism, the way that we are like bred to see each other as competition, all these different factors, not to mention, you know, just your own trauma in your parent dynamic, right? I'm, I am someone who had an alcoholic Italian father who like, you know, nothing in his life was ever going to be enough for him to feel fulfilled, myself, my mother and my brothers included, right? And so that really created a huge wedge in my self-worth because I was hanging my hat on what he thought of me instead of allowing myself to understand that and this this goes for everybody right like our first relationship with love is with our parents and so that is how we end up defining ourselves and so whether that's in lack or that's in overactive you know energy it it changes how we view ourselves and then eventually how we view ourselves in romantic relationships that we end up getting into so uh to looking back and seeing just how i was so disconnected from that internal energy, I really just recognized that that is like the majority of women's experiences right now, right? Mm -hmm. They, that they are just very disconnected from their own power and that that is a huge space that it exists. And so how can we clear that and look at that and honor that? And, you know, I, I, there are so many beautiful practices to do that. Right. And 
one of the things that I really love about what has been created at Sacred Womb is that we recognize we are women in a modern society, right? So it's like some of these like an- beautiful ancestral practices are really powerful and they really can be done and done and honored in the right way. And also, how do we do this as modern women with jobs and partners and lives and like real, you know, real existences in this time and space. And so merging the world uh, that we're in now and honoring the womb from a perspective that is not super off-putting and like woo-woo and a little too hippie has been something that is really important, I think. It's like making this work inclusive and welcoming and not terrifying right because people think like the womb what what are we doing what is this right and so it's like um allowing women to just see like okay this is the seat of my power and i can channel it and honor it and harness it for the benefit of everything in my life and for myself in particular Yeah. Oh, so powerful. And I'm really attaching on to talking about losing your virginity and then the womb story Mm -hmm. in general, the first time we get our period, the first time we have sex, even our birth, like it seems like there is something in each of those about being a woman and potential shame that can get locked in there or just how we perceive ourselves and, and kind of rewriting all of those narratives. Um, and then I wanted to ask you about Kundalini awakening or activation, like what's Mm -hmm. going on there. Can you talk to us about Kundalini activations? Is it a physical experience that you have when you activate it? Like what goes on there? So I can only explain my experience with it. It, and what this was when I was in Costa Rica. So my teacher mentor friend now, um, Audie, she is the one who hosts these incredible yoga teacher trainings in Costa Rica. Um, and they're immersive, right? So like I said, it's 20 plus days and you're just focusing solely on that. And she led us through uh, a Kundalini practice where we move through every single one of the chakras with a sound and a breath and a movement. So it's something very... Um, I mean, abrasive is not the right word, but it's very sounds intense. Like there's intense. There you go. That's the perfect word. It's very intense. There is a lot of, um, like I said, thrusting and releasing of sound and breathing. I mean, you're just basically unleashing everything that you are. And so she moved us through each chakra with a different sound posture and breath. And it is meant to just crack these spaces open, right? And so my experience in particular was after doing this, you know, in the moment of it, I was a little frustrated with myself. I felt like I wasn't having the experience that I could feel that some of the other women were, right? A lot of them were screaming and crying and unleashing all of this like really powerful stuff that was clearly sitting within them. And I just wasn't able to get there. And so my frustration was really kind of like taking over for me. And so we, we wrap the practice up and we go to breakfast. And at at this time we were in something that's referred to as Mauna, which is like no talking, no ingesting of information. So you couldn't listen to music. You just were in silence. You couldn't talk to anyone. It was really like an introspective moment. Um, and so we had our breakfast. I went back to my little casita and I just broke down uncontrollably crying. And all I could think about was my dad at that time, which really was the, the root of a lot of the trauma that I experienced in my life. And, um, for the next two hours, I just, I couldn't stop crying. It was just like this uncontrollable release of energy that I had been holding. Um, so with that said, there are multiple ways to experience Kundalini. There are so, I mean, you can find it on YouTube. You can find different, you know, so many teachers I know that teach it at certain studios. There's a couple in LA. Um, so there's, there's different ways and different forms. I found that to be the most impactful experience that I've ever had with Kundalini. And, um, I think it's something you have to be ready for. I think it's something that you uh, really should 
want to call in, you know, there, there are layers to it as well. It doesn't need to be that experience where you're crying for hours on end. Um, and it can be. And so I think just like any other practice in yoga, that's the beauty of it, right? There is this spectrum of experiences that you can have and really gain whatever it is that you need from this like transformation and healing. So that was my experience with it. And again, I think you, you really just, you'll receive whatever you're meant to, if that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds very potent for like sound and embodiment, movement, breath, all of that coming together. Sounds like an elixir. That's definitely going to shake you up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I always like assign it to the spine for some reason, like a fluid that almost lives at the base of the spine and that you're activating upward and running it almost like your vagus nerve on some level. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they do refer to it as like a little like coiled snake that is sitting at the seat of your spine. And when you have a Kundalini awakening, you are more or less shooting that energy from the base up to the crown through your spine. You're exactly right. So that is the the root of the experience, if you will. And then, like I said, there are just like so many other ways to experience Kundalini in, in all its forms. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Cause it goes, you know, from the body also into the metaphysical realm. I just remember mm-hmm. like seeing John Amaral, I think is his name, like working on people in a metaphysical way to kind of tap into the top of the spine and run the energy yes. down the cord. And yes. it just was really effective and just incredible yeah. to watch. So yeah, that's very exciting. Yes. So I I've been very in, yeah. into um, like Joe Dispenza teachings are, are really powerful. Abraham Hicks is another one that I really love. And again, just this idea that we are like that being human is cute. You know, like it's like, <laughs> like yes. it's just such an interesting experience and like yeah. watching our own thoughts from the out, like the witness perspective And that has been super powerful for me is just like when I feel something just kind of like sitting back and being like, okay, I know why you're feeling this, like, you know, like kind of walking your yourself through it. Um, So yeah, those are those are some some teachings that I've really loved along the way. Um, And you know, they can get a little heady, right? Like you said, the metaphysical like side of things can be a little off putting sometimes because it's like, all right, I didn't need like science wasn't necessarily my strong suit. So Um, and also I think the most beautiful thing about spirituality and all of these incredible modalities that I didn't necessarily receive from religion is you can take what feels true for you and leave what doesn't. Right. And that's such a powerful space of like ownership and autonomy in your own personal experience. And it's why I love spirituality so much. Mm -hmm. This just reminds me of something that came up in my full moon circle recently, where we're talking about science as the language of God. Cause I remember my stepmom Mm. asking me the other day, we were actually playing around with open AI. And I was like, ask, ask the chat bot a question. She was like, how can you believe in God and science at the same time? And we got, it opened up this conversation about it not being mutually exclusive. And that, and it got me into thinking like the reason why metaphysics, quantum physics is so fascinating, even if we don't go into the depths of it is because it gives an actualization to a spiritual experience Mm. in such a fascinating Mm -hmm. way. It's bridging the gap. I think for so many of us that have always thought it's separate because the deeper you go into science and like deep space or astronomy, the more incredible life is. It's like, are you kidding me? How are we (laughs) alive? Like what? Of course. It's like, what do you call that? I call that God. Like, you know, so it's like, it merges it. Um, so I love yes. that you're referring to Dispenza that. and all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you too about what you find most of your clients are struggling with. What do they come to you struggling with most often? It's always mindset. It is always their own mind, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's. I I think it uh it shows up in different forms and ends up being exactly that. It is a, a disbelief within themselves that has been created through their conditioning, through their thought patterns, through all of these belief systems that happen. I mean, as children, we start out experiencing the world through just this free lens, right? Like we're just sponges absorbing all of it. And then we get to a place where we're like, okay, so 
mom and dad are this and they feel this and and now you're absorbing these their emotions and now you're witnessing their dynamic and then that becomes your truth and how they treat you becomes your truth right and then you include teachers and other kids and all these outside forces family members and so all of that just becomes who you are, right? It's like you take on the actions and thoughts and beliefs of the world around you a lot of the time. And uh, when we can like go back and I I like to call it, I mean, my coaching is, is literally called rewild because it is returning to your uncultivated state of being, which in my mind is like who you actually are, right? Like your inner child is your highest self. Because that is just going back to what was before the world happened to you. And so to, to answer your question again, it's just their, their own conditioning, their own thoughts that is keeping them small. It's, it's really taking on the belief systems of the world outside of their own truth and making it their truth. So that is really where we, I, I work best in is like in that, right? Like that's the juice to me is like, okay, how can we get you to love yourself and understand yourself and not love yourself from like a, your perfect perspective and everything's going to always be incredible. It's not right. Like that, that's not the human experience. You are never going to achieve this like elevated, perfect state of self love and acceptance. Will you have some days that feel like that? Yeah, absolutely. And then you might wake up the next day and be like, I cannot stand this or whatever, right? Like you right. just go into all of the, the thoughts again. And so it's really about creating practices and healing modalities and finding community that support you in staying as close to that elevated state as you can, right? People being able to reflect your power back to you is, is one of the biggest things. I think if you are not surrounded by people who see you as the most magical being that you are and love you when you're not being that and can tell you when you're not being that you really have to like do some takes inventory. Right. I mean, that is really our relationships are a direct reflection of who we are. So um, yeah, mindset is, is number, number one. Mm, Yeah. It sounds like a lot of reparenting going on there, but I especially love your comparison of the inner child to the highest self. And like, that's mm-hmm. who we were preconditioning. And I think we can all remember yeah. like what that, like, you know, just softness felt like in return yes. to that. And I love that you say yes. humans are so cute. Cause that immediately, like <laughs> it, we are so cute. And even in, right? our, like, in, in our difficulty, it's like, okay, you're throwing a little tantrum. Yeah. It's going to be fine. And uh, we're exactly. going to move through it. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. And again, like that has just been so freeing for me. Right. It's like, okay, we're, we're fully in our humanness right now and let's just be in it and then let's move on and know that like we are supported and the universe has us and or whatever your you know higher power belief is and leaning into your own intuition right mm-hmm. so you'd mentioned a lot of stuff coming up from your dad when you had your kundalini experience mm-hmm. so what work did you do to navigate healing from your father wound like what have you mm-hmm. done since then I am always still working through that, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that I I tell a lot of my clients too, is I'm human too, right? Like there is this world in coaching that kind of feels that can sometimes feel a little bit like I have done all of this work. Let me guide you through it. And I have, right. I have done a lot of self-work and I am always forever going to be a student of this world. And, uh, I am always still navigating that space, you know, Um, like I said earlier, it was really a self-worth thing for me and recognizing that his human experience had nothing to do with my value was a big one Um, and how I viewed myself with men, right? Like I have primarily been in heterosexual relationships and so those have really shaped me both positive and negative. Um, and who I have decided to call into my space a lot of times has been a mere reflection of me wanting to heal the dynamic with my dad. And so what happens to us passively as a child, we try to actively recreate and heal as an adult. And that is a really 
scary road to go down, right? Because we're trying to more or less fix ourselves. And I, I sometimes go back and forth between this word healing, because I think we can, that, that can be a little bit sticky if we are always trying to find this like perfect space of healing. If we try to find a, a safe space of integration, that's valuable, I, I find, right? We are integrating the experiences that we experienced to live with them now and to go forward with them now, to have the expectation of like, okay, cool, I healed that wound, Band-Aid, we're good. I don't find to be realistic because the human like condition and people around you and the world is always going to trigger you. That's like the beauty of it, right? Is like Mm -hmm. we go through the healing experience and the spiritual journey typically as going inward and we experience this like isolation and we're by ourselves. And then we kind of like come out into that cocoon and it's like, all right, now you have to go out into the world and figure out who you are in that space and allow yourself to be triggered and allow yourself to be taken into uncomfortable spaces so that you can see have I actually integrated what I've gone through or is there still more there? So I am forever healing that wound, right? I mean, I've done a lot of work around um, just taking back the power in my own self-worth and knowing that I define that. Um, I've also had to experience loving partnership from a masculine energy, right? Like in order to really heal that, I don't think that you have to be fully healed to love or be loved. I think that a powerful love can help you heal too, right? And like help you see yourself in a different light. Um, And so there's that. And then there's also just me understanding my own masculine energy. You know, I lived in that for a really long time And I was using it as a mask instead of like finding the balance between my feminine and masculine. And that really did come from my dad. It also came from watching my mom, right? Because of the dynamic with my dad, she was a single mom, always in her masculine, working 20 million jobs, cooking, providing, doing all of that. And I really took on that, that role in my own life. And so now letting myself like kind of strip those two things apart and realize like feminine and masculine has a place in everything that we do. And you have to be able to kind of like sway between both and coexist in both is, has been really powerful in me healing that as well. Beautiful. Yeah. I really love what you're saying about, you don't have to be fully healed to receive love again. And, yeah. and also, yeah, like coaches and mentors saying that th- we've got it all figured out. It's so good to just hear you reinforce that. No, we're all humans, but I think what you've, yeah. you have figured out is how to love yourself through it. Um, which is sure. ideally what we're teaching people is like, it's okay. You're still lovable, yeah. even if you're in a pit and you'll, you'll exactly. make it through. So it's not like a false kind of sense of everything's going to be perfect and shiny always. It's not the, right. that's really not even the goal because it's kind yeah. of a blessing to experience some of these pits, um, to just have some self-discovery, like the archetype of the shadow diver and exactly. kind of what shamanism does, right. We get in there exactly. and we, we pull it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, you can't have the light without the dark and you can't know what you do want unless you know what you don't want. Right. Or like, it's like when you see, and when you are an experience, you know, like, I don't want this, that contrast is like a direct beam to what you do want. So like, great. I want the opposite of this. So you have to live in contrast. You have to like contrast. You have to like, like uncomfortability almost in order to reach the space that you actually want to live in. So Mm, it reminds me, I just saw like a TikTok yesterday saying, um, make a list of what would be your worst nightmare in a, in a strange way. It's like, so that, you know, exactly yeah. what you don't want. Like, I don't want stagnancy. Yeah. I don't want to feel this way yes. or all these things. So it's like, okay, now we get a better picture of like where we are going, but sometimes yes. it's once in a while, good to hash that out and get it, get, get yeah. it out on paper. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. The last question I'll ask you is if you is, are you studying anything new right now that you're interested in? Are you reading anything, watching anything that's sparking your interest, piquing your curiosity? Yeah, I'm really diving pretty deep into, and I, I already have a, a pretty good understanding, but I'm diving even deeper into the chakra system and that like, again, that sort of like science side of things, right? It's really important in my coaching to understand in my coaching and in my own personal experience, I want to understand what is happening in my brain on top of 
what's happening in my spirit. Right. So it's like this connection of like our spirituality and that scientific layer, that psychological layer, like what is going on in our brain when we experience trauma or transformation or whatever it is. Right. And how do we like utilize that knowledge to make lasting change, right. To actually create things that will stick for us, especially when it comes to the mind, because like, that is such a powerful space. Like all of these, you know, wires and, and neurological things that are happening in our brain and understanding that like you are actually rewiring your brain when you do some of this work. Right. And that, that, that when certain things don't fire off together anymore, that you've, you've actually changed that neural pathway and that you can choose to do something about that. Right. I think like people feel like, well, this is how I am. This is how I think this is what I've you know been been doing my whole life. It's like, yeah, is that working for you? Sure. Is there a better way? Probably always, yes, you know. So um that is really where I'm 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 kind of throwing myself into student mode is like the scientific side of, of spirituality in our brains and and moving into really seeing it from a holistic perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Being a yeah. student, I think lifelong is just a gift to keep that beginner's mindset or just the the mind of a student has been so helpful. And I just yeah. am picking up on what you just said about, you know, it's comfortable. It's been working for you all this time. So you can kind of stay in that loop. And it, it's a strange thing because people start to feel safe, even in like an unsafe space because they've just yes. been used to it for so long. So like getting yeah. a new standard of safety at another level is like a whole project. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah. Very exactly. interesting. So yeah. uh, Rita, if people want to connect with you, if they want to work with you, join your community, how can we find you? Yes. So on Instagram, my first name, R-E-T-A dot, my middle name, G-R-A-C-E, reader.grace. Um, and then Sacred Womb has just incredible offerings. I'm just so proud of what we've created over there. I mean, it's basically me and three of my closest girlfriends and we are um, traveling all over right now. Most of our location or most of our events are in LA. We've done a couple in the Bay and we plan to just move all throughout, come to the East coast, go to a bunch of different States at some point. And we do have um, a retreat, uh, at the end of the year, that will be like a three day, two night thing. So we're super excited about that. And we are sacred womb gala on Instagram. Um, so yeah, I am really, really excited about just m- like creating more connection, right? I think that's like, in my coaching business and in sacred womb, that is the desire is just like either connection to self or connection to community and connection to like something bigger. So yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Do you know where your retreat's going to be at the end of the year? Yeah. So that'll be up here in Sonoma. And then we are hoping to do one in Mexico as well. Nice. I'm going to, I'm so yeah. happy I found you. I'm going to keep my eye on this because this just sounds yes. awesome that you're traveling around and doing events too. Very cool. Thank yeah. you so much for being here and sharing your story okay. with us. I'm so grateful. It was so good to talk Thank to you. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And check out the description below for more information. And of course, if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you just learned and listened to, please do send it along, spread the love. Final note on my end is that every month on the full moon, I host a full moon circle. So this has been an awesome way to come together as community to explore together. In the first half, we do an oracle card pull and some journaling. And then in the second half, I take you on a guided hypno journey, which is a really potent and powerful visualization for calling forth your highest iteration of self. So check out the description for that link as well. And I think that's it for now. HelenDenham.com has everything you might need. So I love you so much. I'm sending you a big virtual hug. Thank you for being here and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.